have a definition for encounter. All right? So, and this is going to be our working definition for this entire time, and I want to describe to you a couple of... Um, over this time, I'm going to describe to you some of my encounters with the Lord. Uh, an encounter is any kind of significant, powerful, and personal experience with God. So an encounter would not be, I sang a song that I liked in worship, okay? Uh, an encounter wouldn't be, oh, I encounter God every Sunday um, as a part of a ritual because that wouldn't be significant. That wouldn't be, this was something right here, and it has to be personal. It can't. You can have a gift flow through you without having an encounter just because the Lord naturally wants to use us as a vessel. So you can give a prophetic word and something amazing can happen, and you don't actually receive something from that. You've given something, but you haven't then had an encounter that actually helps you live in an overflow. All right? So... It's a moment of time spiritually, emotionally, mentally, or physically where you can point to say, right there, I experienced God. A dream would be, right there, I experienced God. A God dream, not just any dream. Not like I was rafting down a river and I fell in the water. I thought I was going to die, but I was saved and I fell in love and that's the person I'm married to. It's not a dream. It's a God dream can be an encounter. It can be a message that's preached. You're like, something happens. It's significant. Something switches. You like get it. The lights are turned on. You've encountered. The Holy Spirit has taught you something in that moment. Uh, it could be uh, emotionally where you're reading something, uh, you're reading, and it's just, you just want to begin to weep, you know, and, 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 and crying is something that men definitely try to always stuff down. And to be really uh, aware of the tenderness of the Holy Spirit, the tenderness of what your body is telling you that God is trying to speak to you, and then allow yourself to cry, to be, to feel that, that's, that's a, that's a God encounter. And we're supposed to have more and more God encounters, and then we, then we actually do. So I shared a long time ago a God encounter during a workshop at, at Gateway where it was an exercise. They said, and, and, I'm, and in my mind, I'm going, I never see anything. So I close my eyes. I'm trying to be real, just receive. I close my eyes, and the Lord gives me an immediate sense or a picture of me working out in this field you say this is the field here and i'm out in that corner it's all fenced in it's all a harvest and i'm out there working i'm sweating i've got my um my my whatever that thing was called my wheat harvester what's it called it's my sickle that's right i've got my sickle and i wipe on my brow and all the way in this corner there's a there's a plantation home and the lord's sitting inside an air conditioning sipping some some coffee or some tea or something like that in some fine china he waves at me i wave at him that was an encounter that rocked my world because I, I, I saw that, and it, ju- it's just, it doesn't mean anything, does it? But to me, I'm thinking the Lord's going, good job, good boy. You're out there in the field working your butt off. Good for you, man. That's what I built you for. Instead, God's saying, hey, what are you doing way out there working? I called you out. You're, you're, a, you're my son. You belong in the house. And I began to weep and weep and weep, and I could barely walk up on that porch and walk into that house. That, that's an encounter I had that was just a manifestation spirit. I had one years ago, probably 30 years ago. I was at um, Bread of Life Church with Dusty Kemp. It's now New Life. Uh, Dusty passed away, and his wife Mary is pastoring that church. And I had, a, I had a, a, a God dream image in my head that I had a head. I had, I had a giant head. I mean, it's like a big potato head. And my head's pretty big. 
all right, but this was giant. But my body was really weak and emaciated, like no muscle. Like I could, I could barely walk around with that giant head. And I felt like the Lord said, get out of the church. And I couldn't get out of the church. And I'd bump my head. And no matter how I moved my head, I couldn't get out of the church. And the Lord right there was like, you uh, are in, um, in sin with this, uh, the idol- an idolatrous spirit towards intellectualism. And boom, from that day on, I've struggled not to read certain things and not to know certain things because I'm, I'm prone to go learn about God through a book and not learn about God through an encounter. And it, say, it saved me intellectually and it saved me emotionally. And from, for 30 years now, it's been a journey to t- continue to t- connect with God in a very real spiritual and emotional sense, not just intellectual. I'm not against intellect at all. That's supposed to be a partner. Submit it and surrender like your emotions to the the Holy Spirit, that's how it's meant to be. So I'm, I'm talking about those kinds of um, encounters. She took like three days to prepare me for. I'm not going to share it today, but it did include a lot of my judgment being stripped away from me in a really funny ways. It included me smelling a lot and me being so mad the first night. I'm like, they're piping in this, this, this anointing oil smell. God, I hate when churches do that. I can't believe they're doing this. They're making a mockery of God's presence. And then um, I don't know if that evening or the next morning I realized, wait, the church is actually sponsoring this. This isn't their church. They have nothing to do with the building. I smelt the smell again. And then later on after lunch, I smelt this. I smell, and it's all three different smells that are like real vibrant healing oil smells and it took me like three or four times of smelling it so i started going oh wait maybe this could be god <laughs> and um and it's outside of my experience to smell anything like that and um so i started taking deep breaths of it in and, and the lord did something through all of that that didn't that ended in dessert that i'll um share later in, in a couple of weeks uh when i when i process a little bit more so those are, those are, that's the encounter. So the definition, any kind of significant, powerful, or personal experience with God. And um, I have three declarations I want you to make. Um, I am designed for God encounters. I have a right to regularly encounter God. I have a right to regularly encounter God. I am a new creation, which means new God encounters. I am a new creation, which means new God encounters. See, what I've done most of my life has taken pride in the fact that I don't need to sense God to believe in God. I don't need to experience what other people might need to experience. I've taken pride in that. I don't need to shake. I don't need to fall down. I don't need to sense him. I just follow faithfully that obedient servant boy in Scripture. And that strips you a lot of relationship. That strips you a lot of the joy of the journey of relationship that we're meant to have. I am meant to experience God. And I'm gonna, the, the key scripture for today, uh, and, and I don't know if it's going to be for this entire time, is 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I'm going to use that. Then I'm going uh, to talk about Romans 12 and we'll end in uh, Galatians. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a new creation. Point to yourself and say, I am a new creation. This idea 
of us being a new creation is, uh, is something we're kind of aware of. It's something we kind of know, but I want to really dig into uh, this new creation. Now, if I'm a new creation, would you recognize me? Probably, you probably wouldn't. Let, 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 let me talk about that for a minute. So if, uh, if I'm no longer human, then what do I become? In he, well, that's a good answer. Uh, I become something other than human. So a human probably couldn't recognize something that's a not a human. So most of us have difficulty recognizing the Holy Spirit because we're walking in our old creation mindset. We're seen from our old creation mindset. So if, if I'm a... If I'm an entirely new vehicle, it's say, it's say I'm not my Mazda CX-9, but I'm a Ford uh, F-150 pickup truck, but I'm still a vehicle, right? So that SUV to that Mazda, that, that, I mean the little S, the SUV that I have to the little tiny sports car like the Kia Soul to the pickup truck, they're still all vehicles, right? They all transport us some way. And then if I say, well, I'm not either of those, but I'm actually a train, we would still say I can still transport people. It's still a mode of transportation. It's not a new creation. So when we think I'm a new creation, we're thinking I'm a better myself. I'm just to be a better human. Jesus came to help me be a better human. Instead of Jesus came and I access the kingdom things, I access his work on the cross, and then I am a new creation. And I become a new creation. Now, I do receive a new body where that new creation gets to live in that new body. But right now, I'm a new creation. It's not like I'm going to be a new creation. I am a new creation. I'm not just a better thing that I am. So a better me would look 40 pounds lighter, would look uh, $100 million richer, would look maybe six or seven inches taller, you know, and um, see, see what I mean? It's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be a little bit nicer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't swear a little bit less. I wouldn't, get a, I wouldn't be less addicted to something. I would be a new creation. So I want to look at that. So when it says uh, anyone in Christ is a new creation, it's actually the word metamorphosis. And we get that word out of Romans 12 that we started with in 12.2 when it says, um, don't be conformed, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, become metamorphosized, become a new creation by the renewal of your mind, saying that when you make a choice to surrender your thoughts and your beliefs to the Lord, that you will then become, that you are, will become a new creation. But the Bible says you already are that new creation, so the transformation becomes, I'm just, I just actually actually live into what I already am, Okay. So this, this, thing, this idea with caterpillars and butterflies, we, we know that, right? That we were caterpillars, Jesus dies, we receive Jesus, we become a beautiful butterfly, right? Or we're a miserable caterpillar and a butterfly when we die. And we put more emphasis on our death when we die instead of the death of Jesus when we receive his death. Upon receiving his death, we become that new creation, not upon us dying. Uh, and that's an important dynamics to get through. So in this change, I never knew that caterpillars and um, butterflies have two different DNAs. They're actually two separate animals. How many of you knew that already? He didn't. In fact, there's a guy, I'm going I'm to actually quote a biologist, a famous biologist, Bernd Heinrich, says he's the first guy that started coming up with this, and everybody thought he was nuts. And this is just the science part of it, not the Jesus part of it. The radical change that occurs does indeed arguably involve the death followed by reincarnation. 
The adult forms of these insects are actually new organisms. So within the old caterpillar is embedded a DNA that is not yet manifested. It's not yet manifested until the caterpillar begins to die. And how does the caterpillar begin to die? It cocoons itself, it wraps itself, and then it begins to eat itself, basically. It begins to melt all of this stuff into sort of a gel where then something is clicked and the D- new DNA begins to then produce the butterfly. And so it's, op- it's completely different, completely opposite. that beautiful transformation when I say it eats itself. And there, there's like a cesspool of, of like, like, like its eyes and its brains and it's all, all the caterpillars, what is it, 12 legs all become mush into it. All right? And it's beautiful, yes, but it's, it's a brutal display of one animal becoming another animal. And we had this br- brutal and beautiful display on the cross. Where because, because, of, because of his death and burial and resurrection, we are then resurrected with him into a new life. It's not a life to come, it's a life right now. And in the same way, the cross took the whole old system... The old caterpillar life takes the takes the take, the cross takes all of that and rechanges it into the butterfly life. Now, unlike the butterfly, the butterfly is completely released from the caterpillar and it flies away. And we view a caterpillar as something we would squash, we would squish, we go step on it, get out of there. And we view the view the butterfly as beautiful. Unlike that, we are still the beautiful, perfect new creation, the spiritual man that we are. Embedded in that flesh. Not yet released. We will be released. But we're told in Scripture, when we're told that we're perfect, when we're told we're seated in, he- in the heavenlies, we are, we, we're bi-locational. We're seated there, but we still have the flesh to deal with. But the Bible tells us constantly, we're not going to cuss. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to fornicate. I'm not going to punch somebody. I'm not going to do these sinful things. We focus on, I'm a new creation. I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. I'm a child, I'm a son, a child of God. And the, the death of the caterpillar releases the DNA of the butterfly. The death of Jesus and our participation in the work of the cross releases the DNA of heaven within us. And you can look at Romans 6, 4, and 5. I'm not going to read that right now. So we become new creations. It's not we will be, we are my spirit has been regenerated where once, where once I was lost, now I am found. It's not I will be found. It's once was I wasn't living in abundance, but now I'm living in abundance and more abundance. And yes, there is a more abundance to come. But right now, I have the ability, the potential, the right, the inheritance to be a godly man, living a godly life full of joy and peace and ministry, and prosperity. I have that right. I have that place. That's what I was designed for. As a caterpillar, I was designed to, to basically eat everything around me and eat so much that, I, I, that nobody likes me around. As a butterfly, we plant plants, so butterflies come and land on them. I mean, they colors. You can go up here to Arbor Gate and you can say, I want some plants. I want some butterfly plants. And they'll, they'll have a list of butterfly plant plants. But not caterpillar plants. So as Christians, we begin to see ourselves as a new creation. We begin to walk in that identity. When you begin to, when you begin to move towards anger, you're like, 
What am I doing? I'm a new creation. New creation doesn't do that. That dead man, oh my God, Ma, that dead man's addicted. My flesh is addicted. But you know what? I'm not going to listen to my flesh. I'm going to listen. My new man rules me, and my new man is surrendered to the Holy Spirit, and it all lines up to heavenly, and then I become a conduit just regularly in how I live my life. I become a conduit. So... The caterpillar lives a life, then it dies, the butterfly emerges and lives. It sounds like the scripture that we must die in order to live, and then when we die with Christ, we'll surely be resurrected with Christ. And the resurrection with Christ is, is, is a now moment, not a later moment after I die, although there's, a, there's, a, there's another level of that. But, but, but we miss, we can't take all the good stuff. I want you to hear this. We don't get to take all the good stuff and put it upon our death. When I die, it'll all get better. It's, it's upon his death. When I receive his death, it all begins to get better. And I don't want to... I tell you what, it's a whole lot better to stop being a drunk because the Spirit of God has moved upon you and the Spirit of God is so heavy upon you, has pushed out your desire to drink, than to by your own willpower to will yourself not to drink and still have drink a stinking thinking on you. It, it's, 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 and it's the same all the time. It's way better to have the Spirit of God, an encounter with God that brought you into the kingdom, that brings you into the family. It's way better to keep having these things, the encounters where you experience fearful levels that I'm prideful, or God says you're lazy, or God says you're lustful, or God says you're mean-spirited, or God says you're... It's way better to encounter the loving God that then shows us and also delivers us from that than to sit here and always be working really, really hard and to be tired, to be tired over and over and over on that rat wheel, to be tired over and over and over, exhausted because I can't get my flesh under control. But when you begin to focus on your flesh, you will wrap your world around your flesh. And you will center your world about looking at your flesh. But as Christians, we say, I'm going I'm to wrap, my, I'm gonna wrap every, my spirit around everything. And I'm going to be centered on my spirit. And my spirit will define who I am. And then I'll hear from heaven and the Lord will give me my design and my destiny. Not my still in a painful, messy throw of process. And, and, and it can feel really bad. And it can be really, really loud as our caterpillar is, is being... To, to, to decimate it and turned into soup and it can feel like that's all we should focus on but we should focus on that little tiny hope of our spiritual dna of our new creation in the very worst of times and so when when the saint when satan comes and says you're worth nothing that that little hope instead of going oh my god i'm not worth anything and agreeing with the devil you say no i am worth everything I am a new creation. And we begin, we begin to focus on the little spots and we begin to cre- increase that. And then that soup of our old caterpillar, our old flesh, begins to fade away. So look at your neighbor and say, you are a new creation. And look at yourself and say, I am a new creation. You are, and if we, if, we, if we could get that. See, what we do is we, we often focus, oh, oh, my back hurts or my head hurts or I have no money or I have no friends. We're focusing on all the, all, all the dead caterpillar stuff. We're focusing on things that dead caterpillar provided for us. 
I have no friends. I have no future. I have no hope. But instead, we of where they ate. That's all they see. It's like that big caterpillar world's about that big. I don't know how they sound when they eat, but I'm, I'm imagining it's like along there. What does the caterpillar get to see? Beauty, man. He's flying all over. He's fluttering all over. He's seeing flower to flower, home to home, backyard to backyard. Man, his whole world is open. When you see a caterpillar, you flick it off. You, 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 unless it's a nice little cute fuzzy one. But mostly we step on it because we, we call it a grub or whatever. You see a caterpillar. It's like, oh, there's a caterpillar. Come on and see the caterpillar. And all of heaven is saying, come on and, come on and see Joe Rios. He's look at Joe. Joe's beautiful. Look what Joe's doing. The kingdom is never saying, is never saying, oh, look at Joe. I can't believe what Joe's doing. I can't believe what he did. I can't. He's always looking, man, look what he's doing. Look who he's becoming. And, and we need to agree with the kingdom of heaven about what's going on inside of us. And yes, you're fighting the caterpillar, maybe. But I'm, what, I'm, what I want to tell you is quit fighting the caterpillar. Start celebrating the, 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 the butterfly. Start living and thinking and talking like the butterfly. Would the butterfly that you are, would the new creation that you are, hold on to bitterness, hold on to pride, hold on to resentment, hold on to racism, hold on to all of these things within a certain people group, hate liberals or hate conservatives or hate Republicans or hate Trump or hate Obama? Would your new creation do that? Your new creation would be out, man. It would be floating around, not on the winds of the world. It would be floating around on the winds of the Holy Spirit. And a new kingdom with a new vision that we're going to talk about that encounter brings. Encounter brings a new vision, a new sight, a new way to see. It's not just spiritual gifts, which it does bring. But see, what happens is we have this idea of the kingdom is that the kingdom's going to come. It's going to give me a couple, couple, couple tools, a couple things. And that is true. It does give us those things. But we also are meant to step into the kingdom because of God encounters. And then from the kingdom, we view what's happening in the world. And we begin to declare the good that's happening in the world. We become those people. And uh, Jesus makes it possible. He makes it complete. Now, we do celebrate death when it comes in our own bodies because it's, an, it's another level of completion. But we cannot forget the completion that's gone on upon the death of Jesus. And that's why our, our surrender all the time to his voice, to his voice. And I don't mean surrender to don't dance, don't drink, don't chew, and don't go with girls who do. I don't mean that. You might, that's my, probably some good rule. Kingdom rules. And there are kingdom rules. And we're in a weird, sloppy period of grace. And I believe in a, a radical, ridiculous amount of grace. But it's not grace that says do whatever you want. It's grace to have the ability to walk in those kingdom rules and those, have those kingdom keys. We should all be walking around with that chain here with our kingdom keys jangling around. Jangle, jangle, jangle. There's a spirit of fear here. I've got a key to lock that up and throw that outside. The spirit of poverty in my family, I've got a key that's going to unlock the treasures of heaven into my life, into my family. We should have those keys. So we will have God encounters in heaven, and they'll be mind-blowing, but we're meant to have God encounters here. So, all right, so the imagery of us being um, creations, uh, new creations is also, and stop fighting this old self is seen as inheritance. I want to end on that. And um, I want to turn to Galatians 4.
Galatians 4, 6 and 7. So imagine that your father or mother or grandparent has passed away. Some, somebody has passed away that precedes you. They've left you a substantial inheritance. You've read the paperwork. You know that there's to people about the paperwork. You say, I have the ability to help you. I have the ability to live a better life. Here's the paperwork. Here's, look, look at what I'm showing you. But yet you never access that, that, those millions of dollars. You never claim those millions of dollars. That's what most of us do on this side of heaven. We get saved. We find out that our father is owner of a cattle of a thousand mountains. I mean, super wealthy. And we never access any of that wealth spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, or practically. We never access any of that wealth. And we say, well, when I die, it'll get better. But there's an inheritance that's to be had here on earth. You know, this is just a side note. I shouldn't have used $9 million. I should have used a, a different a different, um, a different amount. So there's this lady who left her inheritance to her dog. Carlota, Carlotta Leibenstein left her money to her dog. It was $80 million. $80 million to her dog. I was reading about it, and the dog hasn't used it a lot. So it's accumulated almost double um, in the time period the dogs had the money. And the dog bought a house in his name, Gunther III. And there's a huge, there, there's, that money goes to him. And so what we assume is, that, is the, that, that God is not as good as parent as Carletta is. That Carletta would leave her dog an inheritance, but our Lord, God, Father, would not leave us an inheritance. There's an inheritance for us to have here on earth. So Galatians 4, 6 and 7 Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. You have an inheritance. The inheritance doesn't have to wait. The inheritance is accessed through faith. An inheritance is accessed through a confidence, a belief that he's a good God. Now, inheritance... And, and wealth looks like something completely different to me. Years, ten years ago, I worked as a life coach for a year, and I've done some life coaching since then. And part of our part of our um, process was to have you go through a period where you would write down what is wealth to you. And it was fascinating how little money had to do with wealth for me. Wealth was travel, was talking, was writing, was family. It was an interesting thing. It, was, it, it, it didn't have a financial number for it. But some people, God's inheritance is millions, is, is invention, is jobs, is business, is, is financial wealth to be a blessing. Uh, inheritance. We have an inheritance. That inheritance is peace. It's joy. It's friendship. That inheritance is, is, is a job that you love a future that you're hopeful for, a past that's being redeemed, all of your sins, not only our sins don't get buried in the past, our sins are actually become our testimonies. And, 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 and Herman, Herman made, a, made a comment that I was going to uh, use. I just, just popped into my head. Um, 
about the miracles, it's the new miracles. And I, I felt like the Lord say, you know, the miracles behind us are, 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 part, are seeds for the miracles before us. And all the miracles behind us, then if the miracle behind us is a seed before us, then all the miracles behind us are going to be multiplied. So if you've seen one person delivered, you're going to see multiple people delivered. But you keep telling the testimony. You don't go hide that you had an abortion, that you had an affair, that you were an evil person, that you were this kind of person, that you were a judgmental person, that you were an unforgiving person, that you were a lustful person. You actually redeem it and you tell that story so it produces life in other people and freedom in other people. So many of us are like this guy, Thomas uh, Martinez of Bolivia. I was reading about him also. He was living on the streets of uh, Santa, Cruz, Santa Cruz de la Sierra in Bolivia, and the police came to look for him when his wife died, and uh, he was uh, 67 years old. He thought find him to give him his uh, multi-million dollar fortune that his wife had left him when she died. And a lot of us are like that. We're running away from the inheritance of God, saying, no, no, I just want barely enough. Oh, no, I'm fine. And it's selfish to say, I just want barely enough. It's selfish not to pray to have the spirit of prophecy upon you. It's selfish for you not to pray for five people to minister to like Denny taught last week. It's selfish for me to say, I just want enough to pay my rent. What we want to say is, I want everything you have for me, I want. Everything you have for me, I want. Any car you want for me. I heard a guy the other day said, I went to a Korean church, a minister. I went to a Korean church. They found out in California, they found out I loved fast cars. So they released me for the week a Lamborghini. I'm like, well, that's awesome. But he said, imagine me. He's like 6'3". He's a big man. He's 65 years old. He goes, do you know how you sit in a Lamborghini? You don't. He said, you fall into it when you're my size and my age. <laughs> he said, I had to go to a chiropractor when I left that church. But it's, it's, a, it's a blessing thing. Let, let the Lord give you. Just reach out your hand and say, God, I want, I want all of it. I want all that you have for me. All that you have. I used, I used to say, God, I just, I, just want, I just want this. I just want that. And then he, had, then he has to begin to strip you down, your pride that says, oh, I don't need very much. But then you're saying, let me be in control of what you give. Every demonic person you want me to have, every sickness you want healed through my hands, I want it. Every dollar you want to give me, I want it. Every house you want to give me, I want it. Every piece, I want it. I want it all, God. The next car you want to give me, I want it. But we think it's better to go out and work for it and to sell our soul for it and to slave for it. And work. But just say, God, I want everything you want. If you want to give me favor at my job where I get a promotion, I want that. You want to give me a place in my community where I'm leading a Bible study, I want that. God, I want everything you want. You want it to blow up, to be huge, I want that. If you want, if you want it to be eight people, I want that. If you want me to meet and, and minister to one person for the rest of my life, I want that. I want anything that you want. Knowing that he's a good God, he's going to give you only good stuff. Just go ahead and stand up. So I'm going to encourage you not to, not to hide, not to hide your new creation. And I don't, mean, I don't mean show it off in wrong ways, like I'm an amazing singer or I'm an amazing dancer, but, but to not hide your inheritance. You are amazing at something. To not hide your design. To not hide who you are. To reach out your hands and say, I want everything. And there's a mystery. There, there's, we're going to talk in this series about the divine mysteries. It doesn't say there's a mystery. There's, there's mysteries. Unlimited probably. In Luke 8, 10, it says, unto you it has been given to know the mysteries of God. And the mysteries of God found in deep study. The mysteries of God are not found in religious ritual. The mysteries of God are found in 
face-to-face encounters with God. And we're going to pray for those. We're going to believe in more and more of those for the month of September, month of October. And we're going to ask for eyes and ears to see from a new perspective, a new way. It's like if you say, Cretia looked at uh, uh, Toyota uh, RAV4. We've never looked at, but once you look at a Toyota RAV4 and you test drive two Toyota RAV4s, what do you see everywhere you go the next month? RAV4s. Before you don't see them. So we're going to open up our minds. We're going to ask the Lord to help us to open up to see. To make, maybe you're going to spend five minutes every morning and say, God, what do you want to show me this morning? You're going to go to bed at night with him on your mind saying, give me dreams tonight. If you, I don't know what it is, but, but this week... To really challenge yourself, say, I want these new eyes and these new ears. I want access to the mysteries. I want in to this stuff. I want in. And I'll be unafraid. I'll be unjudgmental. Just just go ahead and pray. So, Father, we just thank you for that. Why don't you put out your hands? And we say we want everything you have for us. Every encounter, every dream, every prophetic word, every spiritual gift. And, God, I started with uh, the, the me smelling and uh, 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 breathing in your uh, 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 smells manifest. We want that. If it's, our, if it's our middle toe shaking when you're around, we want that, Father God. We say we want all these encounters that, that can sound ridiculous. We say we want it. You're in it. We want it, Father God. If we just got saved or we've been saved for 50 years, we want it. We want it, Father God. We want to experience you in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our spirit, in our physical body. We want, to, we, want to, we want to encounter you in different ways, in diverse ways, in different places at different times. Uh, we say we're desperate for encounters. We want something fresh and new from you, fresh and new from you. We thank you for that. Open up our eyes and ears to you in these special ways. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.